So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Episode 29 of the SFB Podcast is starting now, you guys. My name is Ben Hartley with Sound Story Creative. Thank you so much. Can I just actually pause and, and start there? Uh, you guys, so over the last month or so, we've been doing live Facebook videos for you guys, Instagram stories, the podcast keeps going. And I just have to say thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for emailing me. Thank you for, for messaging me. Thank you for your encouragement because, um, I mean, that's why, I'm, that's why I'm doing it. I'm doing it to help you guys. And uh, I just really, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate everyone who keeps showing up and finding value in, in what we're up to. Um, so thanks, you guys. If you're not aware on Facebook, uh, I'm doing daily live videos for you guys. Monday through Friday, I come at you live uh, from my photography studio. I'm, I'm still shooting full-time, you guys. And so I bring you guys behind the scenes at what's going on at Style and Story Creative. And so follow us at Six Figure Photography on Facebook. Get the live notifications because I'm doing live videos for every one of you. Um, so thank you. You guys, today is, a, is really interesting. I kind of just put it that way. It's super interesting. It's really inspiring and it's really challenging. Today we have with us Ian Weldon. Uh, Ian is a just, he's an amazing bloke. Like he really is a cool dude. Uh, he was uh, uh, rated one of the best 100 wedding photographers in the world, in the freaking world, both 2015 and 16. SLR Lounge gave him the best 100 international wedding photographers in 2016. His work is insane. It's really incredible. Uh, and again, it's incredibly challenging. We're going to get into some really interesting topics here with Ian that we never really have gotten a chance to touch on. Uh, I'm talking about just photography for photography's sake. He is a wedding photographer and he's not a wedding photographer. Um, I don't really know how else to describe this. Hopefully I've just intrigued you guys enough to listen to him, but I think there's a massive massive takeaway from this interview and I really hope it pushes your work forward you guys so without further ado we're going to jump right in and we're going to connect with Ian uh, because I mean you guys you, you just have to listen it's really that good let's jump in and talk to Ian hello Ian uh, happy afternoon it's morning here um, before we jump in uh, where are we talking from where are you at uh, I'm in uh, northern England um, Durham to be exact Nice. Uh, UK and it's uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. Good man, we were just chatting uh, before going live here. You are uh, you're currently calling through some images, sorting through them. I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of getting rid of sorting the wheat from the chaff. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's, I, I always, uh, man, I think it's one of those things that, um, I think, you know, we're always talking about outsourcing and that kind of stuff. And I think it's always a task that I, I don't understand how the, like, um, anybody else could do that job, but the photographer who is actually, um, there on the day. And so, uh, if you're listening and you have someone else who's, who's calling your work, I'd be curious to hear how that goes. Um, I just, I, man, I can't separate it. I've, I've actually tried, I've had a, a second shooter even who was there, try to go through. And every time I, I just always have to go back, um, and find all yeah. of the stuff they missed. Do you agree, man? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I don't understand. I can understand how people, if somebody, uh, um, like somebody who shoots, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 weddings a year would pass off um, the final set of images to somebody to go and do some retouching. Uh, but no, man, the, the, it's, it's your work. How can anybody see what you see? And I don't, I don't really think that's been a photographer. That's just been somebody with a camera who turns up at the gig, uh, takes the photographs and just passes them off to somebody else. And then they move on to the next wedding. They don't really give it any thought. They're not, uh, they're, they're not giving themselves to the wedding. They're not giving themselves to the photography, really. And it's just, um, it, it's just... It's just a business, isn't it? There's, there's nothing more to it. Sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is especially true with your style, man. We got to talk about this. When I look at your work, I am so... Um, I, I don't know what the right, like taken aback. I'm, I'm, um, shocked. I'm yes, I'm shocked, but I'm also <laughs> impressed and I'm happy. And I, I see myself in the pictures. I see there, there's something about it that like, to be quite honest, I wish that I had, and I don't say this about very many photographers, um, <laughs> not to like, right. you know, like, uh, you know, patch on the back or anything too much, but like, I, I, I truly mean this. I wish I had the courage um, to, to, uh, put out there what you're putting out there and, and maybe even the ability to see it. And so, um, we're going to talk all about this because you guys, if you're listening and you, and you haven't seen Ian, you haven't seen Ian's work, um, like, uh, pull over on the side of the road and, and pause the podcast right now <laughs> and, and go Google Ian Weldon and, and just take, take some time and actually really take in what he's doing. Um, and I got to address this. So on your on your about page, actually, well, it's not really your about page. It's your yeah. WTF page. Um, yeah, yeah. You stay. Uh, uh, I am not a wedding photographer. What do you mean when you say that? Okay, I mean, I, I get a, some flack from wedding photographers. So you are a wedding photographer, man. You are like you shoot weddings and sure. stuff. But yeah. I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is that I'm not a wedding photographer in the way that people perceive wedding photographers. Uh, I'm not the guy who's going to be there. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there to orchestrate. I'm not there to um, order anybody around. I'm not there to uh, impose some kind of plan or system on the day. I feel that the people that I shoot for uh, are mature enough to make their own decisions on what the, of, of what they want on the day uh, rather than them coming to me and saying, right, what do we do now? What do we do here? It's like, you guys just get on with it, man. You plan your day and enjoy yourself with your friends and family, and I'm there to document. Yeah. So in that sense, I'm not um, like I'm not doing two hours worth of group shots. I'm not doing um, bride and groom portraits on mountains and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, it's about the people, really. So uh, in that respect, I'm not a wedding photographer, as people perceive wedding photographers. Yeah, and I I agree with that. I think that um, again, if you haven't seen Ian's work and you just hear this, you're probably thinking bullshit. Um, but then when you actually go and look at his work, I think you'll actually start to connect the dots and you have a very, you have a very, um, honest approach to shooting and you even describe it. It's like you're, uh, 
to, like your goal is to be honest um, about the day yeah. and less of yourself. Uh, what do you mean by that exactly? Um, I think I, I, I've never been interested in contrived imagery. Um, anything that's set up doesn't really sit well for me. Um, and I, again, going back to the people that I shoot for, it's people who are confident enough to have me to shoot their wedding, what and all, exactly how it was, without things contrived, without going, oh, that's when Ian told us to do this, or this is when Ian told us to do that. It's about getting in there and obviously um, using my skills as a photographer, uh, my skills as uh, being personable, to be able to get those images, to get close to people, to be able to, I think, shoot like a street photographer, but be as like a guest as well. Sure. Do you if have that any background in street photography? Um, kind of. I mean, I think my uh, initial route into photography was through people like Cartier Bresson and William Klein, uh, and those kind of guys fascinated me. Uh, and I spent a few years doing portraits because I didn't really know what I was doing, um, and got a bit bored. Then took some time off, and about six years ago, uh, I was just asked to shoot a couple of weddings. Um, I, don't know, I, I went down the route of this is how it has to be done, and within two or three weddings, it was like. I hate this. This is awful. This is not for me. Uh, but within um, the images that I had, it was like, all right, well, why don't I just shoot it like I want to shoot it like, like a street photographer? Why don't I be somewhat of a skilled observer rather than a photographer who's just setting up images? And it really it was just kind of born out of that. Sure. I think the one of the challenging things is, um, I mean, I... I, I know, I know there are so many photographers out there and I get emails all the time that are saying like, I have and I like, I, I have my own vision. I have my own style that I enjoy that I like, but I need to pay the bills. Uh, and I, I'm yeah. worried that if I try to do that, um, like I'm just going to end up turning away, um, too many couples, like people just won't come to yeah. me. Um, what do you say to that photographer uh, who's trying to figure out that balance of like paying the bills, giving the client what they want, but also yeah, being true yeah, to themselves? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I get regular emails about how did you switch styles? How did you do this? How did you do that? It's kind of like, I didn't really switch styles. I started off pretty much uh, with an idea. Within a few weddings, I understood how I wanted to do it. And it's a case of, you know, there are no rules. It's 2016, man. We can do what we want. And if I like it, and that's the way that I want to do it, then surely I can find other people who kind of dislike uh, contrived wedding imagery and how it's supposed to be done. There has to be people like that, and obviously um, there is. Um, and to change from one to another, up until three years ago, man, I was still driving wagons and taking shifts on a weekend and working three jobs, so I didn't have to shoot weddings that I didn't want. So my advice to people who really want to do it it, you can't. You can use the excuse of, oh well, I've got a mortgage and I have this and I have that and I have that. But if you really want to do it, then you'll do it. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely. You know, valid. It's, there's a um, oh, a few years ago there was a uh, this a, a program on the uh, television. It was called the Hotel Inspector or something like that. Uh, and I'm just using this as an analogy that um, she would go to a failing hotel or a failing business, uh, spend a week with them and tell them what was wrong. And the amount of people that was there were kind of. No, no, no. That that's wrong. We're doing everything right, and there's there must be another reason why it's failing, or another reason why we can't do it this way. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you can't expect different results. Yeah, definition of insanity. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Um, I I think one of the other things though that you do remarkably well is manage expectations all across your site, everything. And, and you could just describe this as brand, I suppose. Um, but you're, you're, <laughs> I mean, 
there's there there is no there's no surprise right there's no like absolutely not no um no. there's no yeah you're not um showing one thing and then doing another all of your copy all of um all of the i mean i i'll say the word irreverence i might be off in saying that um that's completely right <laughs> okay perfect all the irreverence yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your copywriting the way that you're communicating the work that you're putting out there it really is i mean like if a bride hires you and is disappointed with what she yeah. receives then like shame on her you know but yeah I, yeah yeah definitely well, what do you think though i mean like there has to have been and maybe maybe not there has to have been times when a client has not liked what they've received how have you handled that? Um, I, I've been, I, I also get asked this a few times as well. Um, I think because of the way that I, I'm not saying that everything I do is perfect, uh, but I think that the way that I have it set up, the people that I speak to, and there are people, um, I've turned down more weddings that I've taken on this year, and even after a couple of meetings that I've had with people, because I, what I don't want to do is give somebody something that they don't want, and I don't want to change what I do because I'm then... I don't really want to be there. So uh, I have to manage that right from the beginning. See and that's why my website is the way that it is. Everything that I put out on social media, it's kind of me, man. And the photography and the images that I create, create are an extension of me. So I, I've never had anybody come back and go, oh, you made a mess of it. And that wasn't what I was expecting. And we didn't like this image or we didn't get this image or we didn't get that image because I, I, I'll tell them right from the start, like, all the people at your wedding, I might get a picture of everybody, but I might not. And I'm not going to get this shot. And I'm not going to. And I think you have to manage that from the start, right at the beginning, and let them know and be able to say no to people. And I think that's what the issue is with a lot of uh, wedding photographers who want to change. They're unable to say no to people. Yeah. Is it a uh, is it a misconception? Um, let me maybe give you a little bit of a backstory. We just recently interviewed uh, a gentleman um, who who does. Uh, um, really really high-end weddings right like like right. 20k weddings etc etc mm -hmm. and uh from the from my time um kind of talking with him it sounded like there is a certain type of client that likes a certain type of work right um, absolutely and and so my question to you is do you um do you find that the type of work that you create uh, attracts a client who maybe doesn't have as large of a budget or uh, has has an extremely large budget. I mean, like, what, what do you feel like that kind of puts you in any sort of like? Does it filter you down any path in particular? Have you um, not, not that I've been aware of up to now. Uh, I've had um, I, I've shot weddings where um, my fee has been over half of the whole wedding budget. Um, and I'm shooting a wedding um, in December in Los Angeles, which I expect is a very small part of the budget. So it's kind of, uh, I think the kind of people that I attract are people who just want the story told and they don't want to be standing around for two or three hours having group shots taken and they want um, an honest approach to uh, the photography that's created because I uh, the amount of times that people, the feedback that I get is you've captured the emotion. You, you haven't just photographed how the day looks. You've also photographed how it feels and all the people who were there and all of the emotion and the, the small gestures that I can find and everything that goes with it. Uh, it's just kind of, uh, I, I suppose that appeals to anybody who has that mindset. And I don't think money is a factor, really. Yeah.
Awesome, and that's 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 encouraging to hear. It's really encouraging. I feel like I, I feel like I've heard the opposite. That's why I had to ask. I just I was curious from your perspective. Um, yeah. Of what you've kind of seen. So your like your process is so incredibly uh, different. Well, I'm saying this without actually knowing it. I'm only seeing the end result, right? And so I can only yeah. imagine that the process is different um, than than maybe what um, a lot of photographers are used to. Can you kind of walk yeah. us through a touch of it? Um, of Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't even know where where you want to begin with this, but I'd love to kind of get right. inside your head a little. Okay. I mean, as far as the photography itself is concerned. Yeah, and maybe there's because I, okay. I I, I right. get how yeah. this goes because I think there's also there's stuff that goes into it that's well before the actual photography even takes place. So. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Well, that that's a good place to start. I mean, before the event itself. And after the event, that's when all the study's done. That's when all my kind of research is done. That's when all my practice is done. That's where all my kind of thinking and philosophy and understanding of photography happens. The event itself is that that's a product or the photography that comes from that is a product of my study. So I'm not shooting in a way that uh, I'm not shooting into a specific kind of style or, a, or should I say aesthetic. Um, the, my images look the way that they do because of the process that I go through to get to that point. I'm not shooting to think, I want my images to look like that, I want my images to look like this. They, it's kind of, um, it's form from function kind of thing rather than the other way around, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so as far as the wedding day is concerned, I just turn up and I, again, this is managed right from the start, I'll turn up on the morning and I'll go with the flow and see what happens. And that's pretty much my process for the day. Shooting a wedding is like a day off for me, man. <laughs> I don't have to think about doing anything else. I can go and I can make photographs and I can have a laugh. And a lot of the time I can end up having a bit of a drink and I carry on. Like uh, last weekend was four o'clock in the morning by the time I got home. I had to get a taxi home. But that's the kind of thing. I just get involved with these people. They really like what I do. And I suppose because of that kind of person, they kind of become friends somewhat. Uh, for that time, some of them stay friends for longer. But it, the process itself and everything that I do is all—it's it, all surrounded an understanding of what I'm trying to do, an understanding of photography and what it means to me and why I do it. So, and I, I've never really looked—I've never looked at it as a business. And I think that's where what I do differs from somebody who sets up a photography business shooting weddings, because I feel as soon as I start chasing, as soon as I start chasing numbers, then that's gonna—I'm gonna have to give up some creative control somewhere. And I just don't want to do that. I would rather take a second job than give up creative control for my photography. And I see my photography in me as an artist rather than a wedding photographer, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And it's, it's, I mean, it's really interesting and it's really rare. Do, do you end up um, doing any sort of like, um, you know, gallery showings with your work or, or anything that is more towards the personal side? No, 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 no. Um, what I do when, once, um, say, okay, so if we've, Carry on through that process. By the time I finish, I get home. I always upload everything um, and just have a um, have a quick look through anything that's complete trash. I'll just get rid of it then. Uh, but when I upload, I upload with my color process, so the images are pretty much ready to go, um, and I'll leave them alone for maybe two weeks or three weeks and not even look at them. Yeah. And so okay, I, let's talk about this calling process for a minute, and then I actually want to yeah. dig into a little bit more of of the actual maybe technical side of things, even as you say, um, as you bring them in, you're, you're importing with, with the color process. So I've got questions there, yeah. but as I look through your images, um, uh, 
again, just so we're clear, Ian, this is not um, this is not an insult or a jab. Again, I actually no, wish I could do this not. better. But when I look at your work, <laughs> my my initial gut reaction is, and I think many photographers, um, they they look at it and they're like, I wouldn't have even called that image, let alone delivered it, let alone used it in my portfolio. Right? There, so many photographers yeah. are probably just skipping past the type of work yeah. that you're actually really valuing, um, and so. Uh, how do how do you decide what shots get called and what ones don't? I think that a photographer that's skipping past the stuff that I actually use is because they're not shooting for that kind of stuff. They're shooting for something else. Um, and I use the images that I use because I mean my kind of my understanding of photography comes from photography history, and I go on about it over and over and over again to people about study history of photography and find out what it is to understand where you're placed within that and find it. So my mindset isn't from a wedding photographer's point of view. It's from just a photographer's point of view who's photographing um, a wedding. And the term documentary wedding photographer has been so overused uh, and wedding photojournalism. And I don't think either word really describe what it is that uh, they those photographers are specifically doing um, my understanding of what I'm doing now. I think I'm getting closer to a more documentary photographer because I'm documenting weddings over a long period of time, and it's becoming more of an individual thing now. It's becoming more of a a huge project to document weddings. Um, but my I don't really look at wedding photography. I don't really look at um, what's popular. I'm not interested in trends and fads and all of that kind of thing. And my inspiration comes from the ideology of photography of people like uh, Joel Merriwitz and Gary Winogrand and their ideas of what it is they were doing that have kind of, uh, all, little bits from all of that have made up my understanding, which will, obviously, it'll change in time. But that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah. It takes like great, um, I love actually what you said about your clients. Your clients are, are very confident clients. Like they're confident enough in themselves and in their wedding to let it stand on its own. Um, and what you're doing is, in, is incredibly confident. It's, very, it's incredibly courageous. Um, and I know that confidence attracts confidence, right? Like your, your style, um, is attracting the right, the right client. Where do you find your confidence in? Where do you find your courage? Um, Oh, man. Um, you know, I wrote a bit of a, a blog post uh, about this a while ago. If anybody wants to go and have a look, I've got a blog that just has uh, ramblings on uh, called Out of Focus Blog. And I'd put something on there about, I think, the confidence photography over, uh, and my study of photography and my understanding and the abilities that have come from that. That's where my confidence has come from. So and the from study the and the ex. No, not a technical side of things. The discovery, because the more we discover about photography, the more we discover what we want to do, the more we discover about ourselves. So is this referring it's a, back it's, to the, it's a study bit. The, the art history yeah. part of it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it, and trying to figure out what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. And people see photography as, uh, as an aesthetic endeavor. And for me, it's an ideas endeavor and uh, as an artist. So, it, it, you know, it's... The confidence that photography itself has given me is the confidence that I now use to show the work that I do. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I know and I keep saying, does that make sense? Because I'm kind of like, yeah. No, it, it 100% makes sense. And it's certainly, though, I, I understand why you're asking because it's it's not the typical answer, right? It's uh, But I get it. It's, it's a... Um, 
it's like an understanding um, the history of photography and understanding um, the history of the art form. Uh, you become more aware of yourself. It's like self-awareness. It's, it's tied to that. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and so, the better you become at it, the kind of that, that gives you confidence in the fact that I'm actually good at something. I actually know something about something. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and I mean, I, when I talk about the history of photography, for most people, I don't see being a meticulous historian. Just understand it a bit, man, and try and find photographers outside of the genres that you're shooting in. And like for me, yeah, you you just have to you have to have these transferable skills and ideas and understandings that you can take from. I mean, not just photography either, from painting, from music, from dancing, um, from film, everything. They all have ideologies and understanding, and re- most of the time, it just comes down to work hard, man, and understand what it is that you're doing. Where would you encourage someone to uh, to learn to learn more about our history? Like, what, what would be some steps to take? Um, if if a photographer is like wanting to better better their craft, better their confidence, better their own um, uh, understanding. Oh man, start at the beginning. <laughs> Adam and Eve, where, yeah. where do we go? Yeah. <laughs> beginning of photography. Well, oh, we just had World Photography Day not so long ago, which was 177 years of uh, photography. Uh, not technically correct, uh, but 177 years of the uh, the first viable photographic process, which is the daguerreotype. Um, and if we look at uh, whether what the daguerreotype did as far as people uh, being able to afford likenesses of themselves rather than have them painted, um, and how big that was, and how it took off, and um, how photography was so misunderstood, and people couldn't—was it art? Was it commerce? Um, and then the practitioners who turned it from what was perceived as commerce and a cool machine-like process um, would then use ideology from art and it, it turned photography into more than it actually was. Um, we, ju- we just really need to start at the beginning, start to understand what photography is. Uh, there's a book called A New History of Photography by uh, Michael, I think it's Friso, his name is. Um, and you can pick these books up on Amazon for like, I don't know, over here you can pick them up for 15, 20 pounds. I don't know what that is uh, for you guys. But it's just start looking at photographers, start reading, um, uh, get catalogs on photographers, get uh, books that have essays in about the photographers, any writings on photography. Uh, just start trying to think about it as an ideas thing rather than an aesthetic thing. And the images will end up, your images will end up looking as they should, rather than looking like somebody else's. And that's the big issue that I have with a lot of wedding photography. I suppose a lot of photography, street photography is the same. Everybody's chasing an aesthetic, and there's no ideas behind it, and it really falls flat, even for the audience that it's, that it's aimed at, because as soon as the next trend comes along, then it's, it's, it's kind of dismissed. It's yeah. not good. It, it, there's nothing behind it, you know? Yeah. What I love about what you're discussing, Ian, is I, I talk with a lot of photographers who, um, and this is, I, I think this is true of many beginner photographers and, and even even skilled, and this is not a jab at beginner photographers. I, I This is not a blanket statement. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's a lot of people who... Um, well, even honestly, even not like non-professionals, right? Like let's, let's just go ahead and throw my aunt under the bus. She's like, I love photography. I would love to go get a camera and start shooting. Yeah, photography. Yeah, yeah. And there's this, there's an idea of the love of photography, but it's different yes. than what you're talking about. Because I think as I hear you talk about that, you have like a passion for photography, a love of photography, but at its, at, at like it's, it's 
core like it's not just yeah, yeah, taking yeah. pictures yeah. it's like the history the process the like yeah um I don't know. You you kind of like walk like you walk the walk. I suppose. I think it'd be different. I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I guess I'm just acknowledging that. I think it's something that's actually it's exciting to see, and I think it actually does. Um, apart from bringing you confidence, um, it does a lot for kind of validating your process. Um, which may or may not be important to you, but I think it. I think it is. I don't know. I think from an outside perspective, yeah. I I have so much more respect understanding that uh, that aspect to you. Is this something that like gets brought up in your conversations with clients? Um, sometimes uh, I think a lot of the clients that I do have understand the difference between um, good photography and bad photography. Oh, or good photography and. I don't want to see good photography and bad photography, really. How would I rephrase that? Um, I suppose the clients that I have uh, can see the difference between what I do and what, say, a normal wedding photographer would do and how those images are going to look in 20, 30, 40 years' time. Even 100, maybe 200 years' time, generations are going to be able to look back on these and see exactly how it was. They're not going to see a kind of contrived setup. Uh, it's... I think maybe 50% of the clients that I do have um, are really interested in photography as, um, as, as the craft itself. And then I have um, a small selection of people who are actually photographers. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I want to transition here for a little bit. Um, and uh, I got to thank a couple of people. Uh, and one of them is a print lab. But I got to ask you about print. Is that something that... Um, that you value for yourself and for your clients uh, is print? No, no not really. Um, I'm surprised by that, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I, but I do have, I mean, I have in my house prints that I, um, photographs that I made myself and yeah. on the wall. And then there's kind of, um, as I said, I was talking to, uh, oh, this was a, going back a few months now, um, having like books made. Somebody was asking about having books made. I was like, what, what, like, like of other people's wedding photographs, and what am I going to do with that? Am I going to look through that like before I go to bed? <laughs> you know, is it, you know, is that it's kind of a, a little bit creepy, really. Uh, there, I mean, the images that, although they're mine, and although I love them so much, they are really to be passed off to somebody else for their enjoyment. Um, and it's kind of, it's just, it's there's more volume than say. Um, a landscape photographer or fine art photographer or um, street photographer who's trying to sell prints. I'm just getting paid up front to make images um, rather than being paid afterwards. So it's kind of like I'm not – the photography I do for free, people are kind of buying art, if that makes sense. Yeah. So then, Start, cut all them. That does that make sense off of the end? Because I sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, it, I. So I guess I still want to push. Uh, so I get what you're saying, but so your clients don't. Um, you don't. You don't create printed. Um, no, 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 no. For your clients. To, to be fair, a lot of people that I do work with um, are kind of capable of like having their own done. They have good taste. They would use good materials. They would kind of use. Um, uh, some people ask me about print labs and things like that, and I can direct them to people who know. Uh, I do offer uh, albums if anybody would like them, but I, I, I'm not in the business of selling albums. I'm a photographer. If that, you know, it's kind of I don't want to be bogged down by what cover do you want and what this do you want and how many images do you want and then the design and it's kind of uh, that's just 
not what I am. I'm not an album salesman. I'm a photographer. But if people do want an album, I will quite happily put an album together for them. And um, yeah. 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 I guess that I, yeah, I, I still find it interesting because I think you're so focused on the art aspect. And so uh, I get that art doesn't mean physical. And at the same time, I think there's something very real that happens when a, a piece of art that you've created gets made real, like gets gets put into oh, yeah, like the yeah, physical yeah. realm. And so, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. To be fair, I'd, uh, I don't know of many of my clients over the past couple of years that haven't had at least a couple of their image, images printed and had them blown up and had them framed nice and they have them on a wall somewhere in the house. I don't know many that haven't. So sure. it does get out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to see you make. I want to see you make more prints, man. <laughs> I, kinda, okay. <laughs> I, I know you don't care, but I like. I want to see you make more prints. Um, I mean, I, I do have a. I, I send prints off to other photographers. Um, there's. Uh, I just had one turn up this morning. I do like a, every now and again. I'll see something online. I'll go, dude. I really like that. Do you want to do a print? exchange and i'll kind of i've got a little gallery of other people's work as well and i suppose uh, all over the world there are ian weldon pictures hanging on people's walls so i don't know that makes me feel good i suppose yeah it totally does that's awesome man um all right so i gotta i gotta take a quick break and just thank a couple people well yeah they're people you know i guess that's all anybody is really any business (laughs) is just a person Um, yeah yeah yeah. there's a couple uh companies that support what we do and i use them personally and i i really respect them i i appreciate them um and again if you're listening for the first time these are companies that i personally like we we use um i know i know the people behind these businesses um i trust them and so i'm just simply telling you guys about them because I actually believe in everything that they do. And so the first is, is Miller's, Miller's Lab. Um, that's who we use for our prints, um, for albums. Um, we, we, we really do value albums and prints uh, at Style & Story. I think it's, um, it's something to, for us to, to take pictures, but I, I don't want them to just like die online. I want them to exist as real memories, things that can be touched and felt. And I, I think it just engages the senses so much more. Um, and so anyhow, every client gets one. Um, and, uh, we use Miller's cause they're, they're just freaking awesome. They're incredibly fast. They're incredibly efficient. Um, I'm actually getting ready to order some canvases. Uh, we had a, a little shoot done here of our, our family. So I'm gonna be ordering some canvases here today once Ian and I are off, um, uh, from them and they're going to get here like tomorrow, which is, which is really freaking crazy. Um, anyhow, you guys, uh, check out Miller's they're, they're, they're incredible quality. They'll get there on time. Uh, and they're going to be, uh, consistent and they actually care about you. Um, and so they, they're giving you guys 25% off their albums. So, uh, if you use the code SFP, all capitals, SFP 25, they'll give you 25% off their signature albums. Um, so check that out. And then as well, um, I'm kind of curious, Ian. How do you kind of keep track of of your um, of your clients of your of your peeps? Uh, calendar. Your calendar. Nice. <laughs> Just I can't. It's fine. It's fine by me. Yeah. How many How many weddings do you usually shoot in a year? Uh, uh, 25, 30 ish a year. That's a good number, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not killing myself over it. Yeah. You know, and then I, I do feel that if I was doing more than that, I wouldn't be able to give uh, my images the time that they need for me to find within all of the images that I shoot on a day, kind of the right story and the right, you know, uh, like the kind of right perspective of actually what happened. 
Uh, if I'm doing too many, I'm just going to get lost and it's just going to be a mill and then I'm going to start sending them off to other people and then it'll become a business and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I <laughs> love how hard you resist the, like, the reality that it is a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as I said before, man, it's kind of like I've never seen what I do. as a, I've never seen it as a business. I've just seen it as me being a photographer. Um, I've, I, I kind of I like people. I like photographing people and weddings are just great places to photograph people. Yeah. No, that's true, man. Yeah, it's incredibly true. It's like the best people watching uh, situation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, man. So we use um. I got I, I got a I got a thing. Tave Tave is a company that we use that is a it's a CRM client relationship management software. Yeah, I think it's more than that. It just helps keep us right. on track. Um, we use it for um just all of our 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 kind of lead tracking, our client tracking. We can do all of our contracts in there, which is nice when I don't have to have people sign yeah. real real paper. <laughs> so your contracts. You've got a lot more going on than me, though, haven't you? Say that again. You've got a lot more going on than I have. We do. Well, yeah, but you know what though, man? Um, so before Stone Story was was three photographers, it was just me and my wife, and we used it then too. Um, it, right. did, it it was just like uh, it, it avoided the headache, and it, and honestly, it's really affordable, and so it kind of was like it just saved me time and stress more than anything. Yeah. And so yeah. for like. 20 odd bucks a month, dude, take my money. Um, I would love to just yeah. not have to worry about any of this stuff. So, um, yeah, you guys check out Tave. If you, if you're, if you're a small studio, if you're a big one, uh, I, I think it's worth it, especially cause I think they give you the first like two or three months free if you use this coupon code and 20% off for the entire year. Um, it's just all capitals, six figure photography. Um, and if, if you're not digging it, then well, then you can just leave, but I think you'll dig it. So, um, that's what, that's what we've been up to. So thanks you guys. Thanks Tave. Thanks Millers. Um, and thank you Ian for letting me, uh, give these guys some love for a minute. Um, all right, man. Uh, I, I kind of want to hear a little bit more about, uh, the actual kind of like technical side of things that you're doing. Um, okay. when I, when I look at your work, uh, I think that I'm seeing a lot of 35 millimeter. I think that I'm seeing a lot of right. direct on camera flash, but I don't really know. Yeah. I, and I'm not sure if I'm seeing film or, or is it a film look? So <laughs> what, are, what yeah. are you shooting on? Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a Fuji X pro two now, um, with an 18 millimeter lens, which is, uh, I think is that 27, 27.5, um, okay. yeah. equivalent. Uh, so that's like 98% of what I shoot these days is shot with that camera and that lens. So and that's it. That's all. I, yeah. The Fuji X-Pro2 uh, yeah. with a an effective focal length of around 28 millimeters. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so freaking awesome. And so are you, are you bringing with you any other lenses, any other equipment? Um, I've got a 35 millimeter uh, 1.4, which is kind of a, um, uh, what's that, 52. So, and that, I, th I use that um, 50 millimeter um, when, during ceremony and speeches, so I don't have to, like, move around too much. I mean, I, I'll move around, but if I can just get a little bit closer by switching the lens out, or I might have it attached to, I've got a um, Fuji X-T1 that's all kind of cracked and broken and everything's falling off it, and I might just use that. Uh, so I don't have to run around too much. But then it goes back in the bag. I've got um, the X-Pro2, 18mm f2, and uh, I have a uh, – there's a little pop-up flash that I use that just sticks on the top. Or uh, I might sometimes use – I've got a Nissan i40 flash gun, which is a really small flash gun that I use on a cord. So when you say a flash gun, is this like a video light? No, 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 like a flash. Okay, right on. Flash, flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Nice. Okay, so why why the Fuji X Pro Two? By the way, we we love Fuji around here. Um, but we use it like yeah. um, we've got the X. Oh man, what does Stephen have? The X Pro. X Pro One. Okay, yeah. Steven's got the X Pro One. There's again, there's a three That's of us here. So I'm surrounded by my other photographer bros right now. He's got the X Pro yeah. One. Um, I think uh, Ben, what do you have? Nothing. Okay, cool. Anyhow, um, <laughs> go on, get, go on, <laughs> we've been eyeballing them, but uh, I haven't seen very many, um, very many like uh, people in the. Uh, well, I'm going to throw you into the category of like you know in the in the professional industry using them yeah. on wedding days. Um, tell me why you chose it. Um, first of all, it was I, be, I started to become painfully aware of the clack of the shutter in the Canon cameras in the um, what was I using Canon 5D Mark II I think was the last yeah um, digital SLR three. that I had sure. yeah it was the two and it was just so loud and then it was like and I had like first I mean when I started say the same went down the same route as everybody else it's like I need two Canon 5Ds and I need uh, 2470 and I need 7200 and I need flash guns and I need all this lighting and I need this lens and then I need the 85 and then I need the 35 and then I need and all of that crap was just it was stuff that i was told that i needed by other photographers um and um stuff that i was to told i was needed by the industry and I, I came to realize that most of that stuff i just wasn't using and the more that i started to study um photography history it was kind of really when I, I i got back into that kind of stuff when i when i started shooting weddings and realized that i didn't want to do it in the way that um it was expected to be done um that i started to use um less and less equipment and I needed fewer lenses, and then I just wasn't taking the stuff. And then, you know, and like some of the best images that have been made across photography history, um, and the most memorable were made with a small thirty-five millimeter camera with a fixed lens. Yeah. You know? and, and it's just like, well, hang on a minute. I, I got myself down to I was using a Canon, uh, uh, well, five D and uh, thirty-five millimeter prime, and then even that all day it was just like this is too heavy and fuji came along with the x pro one and it was all clunky to start with and then a couple of um updates made it a little better and i love that camera man i really did it had it had a certain amount of kind of soul there was so many workarounds that you had to do to shoot it in to in, in a wedding situation that it kind of became it had loads of character to it and when the x pro 2 came along um it's kind of it it kind of lost its magic somewhat. Although it's a great camera, it's near perfect the X-Pro2. Um, but that's kind of how I got into Fuji and understanding that the less equipment that I had, the more I had to think about what I was doing. And if I was shooting prime lenses, then I wasn't just standing in one place zooming in and out. I would get to know that lens and understand exactly what the frame was going to look like before I put the camera to my eye to compose. Um, and yeah, it was a scary thing, man, to start with. It was like, oh, how, how am I going to do this? Uh, but eventually, it just becomes, it just became normal. And as I say, I shoot ninety odd percent of a wedding day with the X Pro Two, eighteen millimeter f two, and that's it. Nice, very cool. So then, the limitations—you're kind of inviting limitations into your workflow. Yes, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, um, and and that's just—I mean, that that goes back to part of your process, right? Yes, definitely. I mean, the kind of you have to think around the you have to think around the problems, and you start to get a little more creative. Uh, and I find that um, the way that I shoot, I, I always thought that I needed that seventy to two hundred 
for ceremonies and all that. You don't. You just have to kind of find a way around it and shoot differently. And the, the images that you get from that are going to be different to the images of the other bazillion photographers that are using a 70 to 200 lens and shooting exactly the same picture. Um, I kind of, it's, it's more about feel. And I, I've started to see with uh, longer lenses that the further I was away from the subject, the further the viewer away was, the further away the viewer was from the photograph. Yeah. And the closer I get, and that kind of wider angle also takes in aspects of uh, surrounding areas on kind of sort of periphery. So kind of what I'm sure, it's, it's a difficult thing to manage sometimes, uh, but the results are the results are what they are. Yeah, wide and tight. I like it. Um, and then you were talking about bringing in images and applying a, a your actual kind of color process on import. Are you shooting raw, JPEG? What are you shooting? Yeah, I'm shooting raw. And uh, Fuji have a, do you know your uh, camera profiles, which are like, like I don't know, camera pro negative or, or that kind of thing that are built into your uh, camera. Uh, Fuji have a one called Classic Chrome. Okay. And that's literally, that's literally just it. That's all I use. I apply that classic Chrome uh, profile camera calibration on import, and it's done. A uh, little bit of grain, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so then you're pretty much trying to just, like, nail everything uh, right in camera? Yeah. Uh, I did use the um, – I was using the optical viewfinder and the X-Pro1, uh, but the electronic viewfinder and the X-Pro2 is so good that I'm just using that. And it's live, so I'm kind of – I can see what I'm getting before I shoot these days which yeah. is uh, pretty cool. Nice. I don't know too much about the X-Pro2. Um, do you, like, is the is the latitude in those RAW files um, equal to, if not greater than some of the other SLRs? Is it, do you find it to be a struggle at all? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, I love that answer. <laughs> you know, dude, I'm just making photographs, man. It's kind of, you know, there are sometimes I'll completely mess it up and I can recover a file pretty well. I yeah. don't know how that relates to other uh, camera manufacturers. I did, uh, was it last year? I did some interior work um, for a hotel, and I used a friend, stupidly, I think, used a friend's Canon 5D Mark II, yeah. and man, that thing broke down quickly when you were trying to recover shadows, and yeah. I just don't get that with a Fuji. So, yeah, I suppose in comparison, I can compare it to um, the 5D Mark II and say it's way better but on the whole, I don't really know. I'm kind of, I'm trying to, because of the live view, I'm pretty much nailing it all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, and I think what did, I read something a while back that Fuji have, what was it called? Oh, I can't remember. And noiseless, it was kind of noiseless because if you push the, um, say you're under two stops and you push it and then you push it another stop, the only grain that you're going to get in that file was if you shot it three stops higher in the first place iso wise if that if, if you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. not going to start to break down and you're not going to get that ugly um kind of noise in there that the, color noise yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Noise. Uh, and basically it's just, <laughs> yeah 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 so say if i shot it shot it in 800 iso and i was two stops under and i brought it up to 800 and then i pushed it to 1600 or 3200 it would look like it was shot at 3200 
It's awesome, man. It's really cool. All right, cool. Dude, Ian, this has been rad, man. Um, I, I want, uh, I really want everyone to take a look at what you're up to, to really challenge themselves, challenge the way that they're thinking about their work and their art and their business and honestly just like their life. And, and are they happy doing, you know, are you happy doing what you're doing? Uh, I yeah, I, take I a look push at that it. kind of stuff all the time. You would surprised at how much uh, resistance I get from people when I say, man, study your craft and learn. Well, you don't have to do that. You can just go out and take pictures and you can just do this. And I mean, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about people who have, oh, like I really like photography. I want to go and buy a camera. And then you have people who take the next step from that. And I think they're, they're kind of so consumed by being famous and being part of the cool gang and seeing all of the stuff that they see on Instagram and Facebook. And they don't really care about the craft. And that open to persuasion that they just go along with it and never really find themselves and run around in circles chasing trends and fads. And yeah, man, it's kind of start thinking about what you're doing a bit. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think that's a big takeaway. Start thinking about what you're doing. <laughs> oh, man. Ian, where can people find, uh, find, find you online? Where can people see your work? Oh, um, you can find me at um, ianweldon.com. Um, there's Ian Weldon Facebook. Uh, Ian Weldon Photography Facebook. Um, I think uh, the link on my website for the Facebook takes it to my personal page. People can be my friend. They can see what I do, all of that kind of stuff. It's an open book, so to speak. Uh, Instagram's Ian J. Weldon. Uh, Twitter that I don't really use very much, um, Ian Weldon. Just Ian Weldon. You can just find me, man. Yeah, just, just Google it. All, um, all over the place, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> Ian, this has been great, man. This has been one of my favorite uh, conversations I've had, so I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. I'm going to let you get back to the uh, to the computer, back to calling. Um, but thanks, man. I, I really, this has been awesome. Cheers, Ben. Thank you very much for having us on, man. Thanks, Ian. I hope having listened to Ian here that you guys are inspired. You guys are inspired to reevaluate your photography, to reevaluate uh, the artwork that you're producing for your clients. I think what Ian is talking about right now is actually, uh, it's, it's, it's leading the pack. It's ahead of its time. This is going to be an entire shift in our industry that's going to begin to, to really come back to, to understanding the importance of, of documenting, understanding the importance of artwork and less about the, the technicalities. I think as the industry continues to become more and more of a loving play, level playing field, it's going to be the genuine artists, the genuine documenters that actually are going to start stepping out and highlighted for their excellence. You guys, thank you so much for, for listening. Uh, thank you so much for supporting what we do here. If you want more, uh, I want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram, Six Figure Photo on Instagram for stories, as well as on Facebook. We do daily live videos Monday through Friday for you guys. Follow us over at Six Figure Photography. And uh, we're just going to keep trying to, to give you guys as much value and content as possible. My name is Ben Hartley with Down Story creative and six-figure photography. We'll see you at, goodness, episode 30, everybody. Cheers.